Welcome and thank you for joining us. This is Brig Jones. You are listening to Gaining Christ Audio, a ministry designed to teach the absolute truth of God so that you may grow in your knowledge of God and your confidence, satisfaction, and faithfulness in Him, or so that you may hear the true gospel of God and be saved if you are not already. In this podcast, we will discuss the phrase new creation in Christ. As Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. What does it mean to be a new creation? And secondly, what is God's purpose for the new creation in Christ? In our previous episode, we discussed the phrase in Christ. This mysterious, vital, and spiritual union between the believer and the Lord Jesus Christ. As Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. A union, a mysterious spiritual union via the Holy Spirit between the believer and his Lord. For all of that person's spiritual life and nutrition and direction and communication from God and growth and maturation in Christ for the rest of his life into glory in the kingdom of heaven. Similar to the physical union between the unborn baby and his or her mother. While we were in the womb for approximately nine months of our development in our mother's womb. We were in our mother, connected by the umbilical cord that united our mother to us, whereby her life provided us our nutrition and our blood supply so that we could live and grow and develop in the womb. This is a picture of our spiritual union with Christ. But as Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone has been united to the Lord Jesus Christ by the grace of God and his rebirthing power and favor, that person, Paul continues, is a new creation. What does this mean, a new creation in Christ? Well, this, like union with Christ, is another significant gospel truth in reality. It is foundational to who we are, what we are, and what we are called to do for God. However, and unfortunately, it is also very misunderstood by many and often inaccurately taught or rampantly ignored, actually. This subject of who or what is a new creation is not discussed as much as it deserves because it is foundational to who you are if you are a believer in Christ or become a believer in Christ. So what does this mean, new creation? Well, it means what it says, that you are a new creature, literally. You're a new creature, a brand new spiritually alive creature. You may look the same. You may run the same, you may like the same hobbies, you may play the same instruments if you're a musician, you may have the same job, you may 
prefer the same places to travel. You may like the same food, but you are a new creature. As Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone or passed away. The new has come. That means that if you're a new creation in Christ, there's something about you that is new that has replaced that which is old or former. Your new self has overwhelmed or replaced your old self. What is the old self that is now gone and passed away if you are a believer in Christ? Well, as Paul says in Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, Your old self was spiritually dead. You were a slave of sin. You were a slave to sin. Sin owned you. Your will was to do what your sinful nature dictated it to do. Your nature was sin. You had a sinful nature, meaning your processor and your heart was sinful and wanted to do and did sinful things, and you were unable to stop yourself from doing sin. You may adjust the pattern of your sin, the frequency of your sin, the the manner in which you sin, and those things that you did, but you could not stop sinning. Paul says that about himself in Titus chapter 3, verse 3, where he says, man, we were dead, and we were full of passions and envy and hate, and our minds controlled us, and we were self-centered, basically. This is who we were in the old self. So that is gone. Your, Your inability to please God is gone. Your old self was unable to please God, Romans 8, verse 8. Your old self was of the flesh. It has no spiritual composition or capability. It was of the flesh, which was of sin. And in this state, you literally, we literally could not please God. We were, as in our old state, we were living as enemies of God, and our nature was contrary to God and subject to the wrath of God if something did not change. Ephesians 2, 3. We could not do good. Romans 3, we could not do good. We were not obedient to God. We did not seek God, the true God of the universe. We did not understand good. Our mouths were full of deceit. I mean, some of you may have been, are very nice people and and did good things, but in our hearts, we can't ignore what the Bible says about us. We were sick. We were dead spiritually. We were unable to do good. Jesus says, John 15, 5, apart from him, we were not in him. We were not in union with him. We were unable to do anything, anything that has any eternal value or merit to God. We could play sports, do business, do some charity. But according to Jesus, there was nothing of value in that act while we were dead because we were doing it for ourselves. We were self-centered. We were controlled by the world and the principles of the world. And as Paul says and Jesus says, we were influenced, if not even controlled by the devil. And we did not know the truth. And then God in his loving grace 
came in and made us alive. He rebirthed us in his way. He made us alive and united us to Christ and made us new. So what is new about you if you are in Christ? What is new about me in Christ? Well, for starters, you're spiritually alive. You have a spiritual life now, and you have a brand new heart. You still have your physical heart that beats. If we cut you open, we could see it beating. But spiritually, God has literally given you a heart transplant, Ezekiel 36. He has put his spirit in you to cause you to actually walk and want his ways. You are a new creation. You have a new ability. A spiritual ability. Just listen to some of these verses that describe the truth of the new creation in Christ. Jesus in in John chapter 5 verse 24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into God's judgment, but has passed from death to life. So you've crossed over from spiritual death to spiritual life. And that's why Jesus says in John 15 again, I'm the vine, you're the branches, speaking to his disciples. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, if anyone is not in union with me, he is thrown away like a branch and it withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned at the end of history. That is horrible. And Jesus speaks further to his disciples. By this, my father is glorified. Here's how my father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. That's very lofty in in capability. For someone to love as Christ has loved, that takes something new that God has put in you if you're a believer. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer, Jesus says, do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. You're a fruit producer for God as a new creation. uh, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 after describing how though we were dead in sin, God in his loving grace makes us alive and unites us to Christ. So as Christ is seated in heaven, we are spiritually seated with him and it's by grace we've been saved through faith, not our righteous works as if we had any. It's all God's grace and we used to walk in sin, but now verse 10 of chapter 2 of Ephesians, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So now as a new creation, you are able to walk in the good works for God. In Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 11, Paul writes in his prayer to the believers there, may you be strengthened with all power according to God's glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father 
who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. His grace, he did it. He has delivered us, listen, from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. That is beautiful. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 14. Here's what the new creation is and what he is experiencing. Verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, Jesus and the power of God imposed on people, bringing salvation for all people. God brings a salvation for those being saved. And here's what God's grace does further, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, to pull us out of, to take us out of the sin that controlled us, and to purify a people of his own possession who are zealous to do good works. As a new creation, you are zealous, according to God, eager to do good works, and you have the power to actually do them. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 17, thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient to God from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, you have become slaves of righteousness. So it means that as a new creation, you are not a slave of sin, a sin which controlled you and dictated your behavior, if you dig down deep into it. And you now, by God's grace, are actually a slave of righteousness. You are controlled by God's grace to do righteousness. That's why the Bible says, Hebrews, without holiness, no one will see God. First Thessalonians chapter 4, God has not called, called us to impurity, but to holiness. There's an expectation on the new creation in Christ to live a life of holiness and a power and an ability by the new heart that God has given this person and the new nature God has put in this person to actually want to do it and pull it off. Are you perfect? No, you are not perfect. No one is perfect except for Jesus. No one will be perfect until we are glorified in the kingdom of heaven, whereby you will then be perfect forever. You will never sin, think about sin, do any sin forever in glory. Until then, we have sin in our old self that's passed away, but that's still in our body that still tempts us and can get the best of us, certainly at times. You mix that up with the darkness and hostility in the world and the attacks of the devil. Yes, we will sin, but we're not a slave of sin. We're not a slave. We'll struggle with sin. That's why the Bible says in your struggle against sin, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4, you have not resisted this sin to the point of shedding your blood like Jesus did. So give the fight and struggle against it by God's grace through repentance. You can do it. <laughs> but there's a problem that comes 
from this new creation truth that says that you are new and competent and able to do good and able to walk in holiness. And it comes from a mistranslation of what Paul is teaching about himself in Romans chapter 7, where we're not going to get too far into this. We will in a later episode. But Paul says, basically, I'm a wretch. I'm a wicked man. I'm evil. I cannot do what I want to do. And that evil, which I don't want to do, that's what I want to do. Have you ever heard that? And people think that's who we are, that we're really just forgiven wretches, that we're like everyone else in the world, and we do sin, and people say, oh, I can't stop sinning. I'm such a wretch. This weekend I was sinning. I wish I could have done the th- not done the things I did, but I couldn't help it. I'm just such a sinner and a wretch. But praise be to God, we have Christ and his forgiveness and mercy. So at least we're forgiven of our wretchedness and we'll go to heaven. These other people will not be that way, but we're just wretches. We can't do good. And this is why we struggle. This is not what Paul is saying about himself after his conversion. Please, please hear me out. Paul is speaking about what he was like before his conversion when he depended on the law and the legal code to try to be righteous, where his flesh was what he had to try to live out this code to please God, and he couldn't do it. And in his flesh, he was a wretch. And who will save him from this wretchedness? Well, Christ does. So he's describing what it was like as he tried to be right with God through the law. But now that he's saved, he pleases God and he's a new creation. You are a new creation, my friend. You are not a wretch. Hear me out. Wherever you are listening around this world, wherever you may be, please know this, that if you are in Christ, if you are a true believer in Jesus Christ, where you've been born again, you're in union with Christ, and you are a new creation, you are not a wretch, scumbag, worm, incompetent, unable to do good, sinner person that only has forgiveness. Do you know what you are, my friend? You are a new creation by God. You, as the Bible says, are a son or daughter of God. You are a servant and a friend of God, a disciple of Jesus. You have a new heart. You have a new nature. You are a holy one of God, a saint, quote-unquote, of God. You are united to Christ. Christ lives in you. You are possessed by God. If you're a wretch, that means that Christ is a wretch, which he's obviously not, because he is your life and your identity, and he lives in you. And you don't live according to your flesh, but you live by faith in God the Son, as Paul does and said he did in Galatians 2.20. So you, in Christ, could not be a wretch. Your wretchedness has been paid for. You were once a wretch. I was once very much a wretch, but that's been paid for. We've been justified. We've been reborn by God's grace, united to Christ, and we are new creations. You are spiritually gifted and spiritually empowered to do the things of God. You are a follower of the King. 
You are a slave of righteousness. Paul says that in Romans 6. You are not a slave of sin. You've been set free. You're not under legalism or a code or some old covenant conditional legalistic document to make you hopefully right with God, which never worked, the Bible says. It's only by God's grace in the new covenant can you actually live in God's ways, and this is what God has done. You are not a wretch. You are a new creation with a new heart, with a new nature, who is able to do good. This is so important because if you think that you're a wretch, as some unfortunately teach, and you think you cannot do good, then how would you ever fight against sin? You're going to surrender and give in to sin all the time. If you don't think you're capable and competent to living a holy life that God says in First Peter, be holy because I'm holy, conduct your lives here in holiness, then how could you do anything good for God? I mean, here's how the Bible describes you. Peter writes this in First Peter chapter 2. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of God who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people of God, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received his mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. Beloved, I urge you as strangers and exiles on this planet to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. And furthermore, keep your conduct honorable among the people. How could you ever do that? How could God ever impose that upon you? How could Peter ever write that if you're a no good, incompetent wretch? It's not true. People say that and hold that because they may actually like their sin. But you have the gift of repentance where you can repent to God and ask God for grace to turn away from sin, and you are no longer living like a wretch. If you're a wretch, you're not in Christ. If you're a wretch, you will not see God in his kingdom. Without holiness, no one will see God. You, as a believer in Christ, my friend, my brother or sister, are a new creation a good, working, competent, growing in Christ, growing in this capability, follower, son of God, disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go live your life freely in those purposes. He's paid for all your sin. Your sin's been paid for. You're no longer working to try to recapture your salvation. You're definite, you can't do that anyway because you can't lose your salvation. You're not working to try to gain your salvation as so many teach. And that's why they can't get out of uh, their car out of park because they can't live their life freely for God because all their efforts are in the flesh trying to do religious ordinances to try to make themselves right with God, which never worked. And they cannot freely live. But you, as a born again, new creation, united to Christ, are free and empowered and graced with the ability and the heart to live and to do the things of God. What is, what is God's purpose for the new creation of, in Christ? Well, here's, first and foremost, it is to ultimately take you into his kingdom where you and God will dwell forever in person in his kingdom and glory. But it is to unite and empower you 
into fruitful participation in the eternal mission of God in and through this temporal planet. That's why God makes us new creations, to include us in his mission. And that is what we will talk about in more detail next week. What is the mission of God? Until then, we want to say this. Again, if you are a new creation in Christ, praise the Lord Jesus Christ for his grace in your life. And if you are not a new creation in Christ, which means that you are currently separated from God, you're of the spiritually dead old self, you cannot please God even though you may work really hard to try to do so. You cannot do good because your nature is sin. This may sound harsh, but it's true. You're probably a lot nicer than I was in that state, but nevertheless, you are separated from God. You're under the wrath of God. You're guilty of sin. You will pay for your sin yourself, and you're unable to please God and live joyfully in the purpose of God. If that is you, would you please come to genuine faith in Jesus Christ? Repent from your sin by God's grace and grab a hold of Jesus for the new life and the hope, and the purpose, and the eternal life that God gives to all who come to his Son. Would you please come to faith in Christ? Well, we look forward to being with you next week, where we will talk furthermore about what is God's mission for the new creation in Christ. Until then, have a great week. Thank you very much for listening, and spread the word.